It's time to get inside the Giants huddle. Let's go, let's go, let's go. On Giants.com. I like it, I like it, I like it. And the Giants mobile app. Boom. Give me some juice. Part of the Giants podcast network. Let's roll. Welcome to another edition of the Giants Huddle Podcast. John Schmelk, Sean O'Hara with you, our usual Tuesday fair. It's all brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. Sean, I'm not sure Giant fans want to hear more about the game against the Jets, but we're going to mm. give them a little bit before mm. we start looking ahead here. Yeah. First I'm, of all, happy Halloween, everybody. Yes, happy Halloween. Trick or treat. Yes. Smell my feet. Give me something good to eat. Isn't that what like what all the kids said? Uh, sure. Back then? Yeah, yeah, I think so. Yeah, that's what you had to say to get candy. Now kids these days just knock on the door and just go like this. I'm like, yes. Like... My favorite ones are like, like the older kids in like junior high that like show up and they're wearing like a baseball cap. Right. I and I'm like, no. dude, come on, really? Yeah. Like, I said, put some effort into it. I don't let, I don't give them candy. Good for I say, you. I say, what's your costume? And they're like, oh, I don't, I don't have one. I'm like, well, then you don't get any candy. Like, that's that's the gig. See, now you show up with a costume, you get candy. You, you show up with nothing, you get nada. As Sean O'Hara, I feel like you can lay the law down a little bit. As, as a normal person, I feel like then you risk getting the trick. On your house, right? Well, yeah, a lot. Which, which is which so, is not great. The yeah, eggs. So you do it with a baseball paper. bat in your hand. So <laughs> not, don't mess, don't mess with that house. So not only do you say no, you also scare them into running away. Well, it's just a deterrence, really. It's not shame, <laughs> but it's just... Well, both defenses on Sunday, Sean, had pretty good deterrence. Yeah, neither teams could score. Yeah. There was more punts than points. There were just as many punts as first downs. Uh, more punts in a game since 2003. I could keep going down the stellar list. I will choose not to. Yeah. And it was just a very defensive-oriented game that it looked like the Giants had come up with that complimentary football formula to win until the final 27 seconds. Yeah, this is one of those rare games. Usually there's a loss, and then it's like, hey, you know what? You went back and looked at the film. It's like, man, we did some good things, and like there's some things to build up. This game, the more you looked at it, the uglier it got. And the, And... I think when you couple all of those stats you just hit on there, I mean, the, con the game conditions, it, it was an absolute downpour. At 10 a.m., I was walking, 10.30, walking in the stadium. It w everybody was soaked. So for the players that went out pregame, like you had to change your cleats. Like your cleats were soaked before the game even started. You so, couldn't wear receiver's gloves if you were a no, receiver. No, I mean, you saw Gunnar Olshansky yep. back mm -hmm. there with nothing on his arms. And, um, you know, that's one of the coaching points is like on a rainy day like that, it's like, hey, if you are going to wear sleeves, you got to make sure it's, it's not something that's going to become even slipperier if you're a ball carrier. So right. it was, you know, Mother Nature turned this into a sloppy game out of, out the, out of the gates. But the Giants just did everything humanly possible to give this game away. In the final 30 seconds in overtime. Yeah, I mean, it's just, it was really, I don't think I've ever seen a game just kind of turn upside down like that as quickly as it did for the Giants. And they had fought so hard, and there's so many reasons why they should have won the game. Um, and then it just goes to show that all it takes is one, two, sometimes just three plays. When you play close games, absolutely. Everything changes. Mm -hmm. um, you know, look, I think the thing that's lost in all this, because we look at all the bad stuff and the negative stuff, What's the defense played lights out. I mean, Kayvon Thibodeau, he had the, the the splash plays, the sacks. They held Brees Hall to 12 carries and 17 yards. This guy was averaging six and a half yards a carry coming into the game. You take that one touchdown pass, and that was a check down. Like Zach was just dumping the ball and off. And the Giants missed about five tackles and on yeah, the play. And yeah, Bobby O'Carrick and Michael yep. McFadden just kind of lost that And then triangle. Pinnock missed the tackle down and the then, field. Yeah, yep. and, mm -hmm. and that was that was really their one successful play until the very end of until the Until Garrett Wilson there. made some splash runs. And by yeah. the way, you mentioned Thibodeau with the splash plays, and we talked about this other guy last week, and we can talk about Thibodeau too. 
how good was Dexter Lawrence in this game? Oh, Holy cow. I, you know, watching the game, I had a sense that he did pretty well. Then when I rewatched it, oh my gosh. Yeah. Like From De the snap, he was like literally in the backfield. In the backfield. He would get he on the center shoulder. He'd do his little rip move, and he yeah. was in the backfield. And look, Zach Wilson did not play well in the game, but he also had Dexter Lawrence basically yeah. running straight at him the entire game. Dexter was even better than he was against Washington the previous yeah. week. Literally, the Jets O-linemen were tapping out. Because they, they couldn't block him. They, they didn't want to block him And anymore. three different guys had tries at him. And, and yeah. they kept single-teaming him, Sean. Yeah. Like, why weren't they double? I don't I don't understand. Yeah, I think they, they were trying to give other people help. But, yeah, Dexter had a, a phenomenal game. And not just in the, you know, rushing the pass. Oh, yeah, game. run he game was, too, yeah. You know, they, they bottled everybody up. Um, you know, I think when you just kind of look at, like, the going into that game, it was going to be a defensive battle. But the Giants' defense outplayed the Jets' defense. Um, and I think it just it's a shame that it didn't come to fruition at the end. As good of a game as Kayvon Thibodeau had, like there's a couple things you really look at. Obviously, the chip shot field goal by Gano, that changes everything. Because if he makes that field goal, they're up six. Now the Jets have to go for it. It's a totally different ball game. And 35-yard field goals have to be made. Yeah. And, and It's a Pro Bowl kicker. And Graham like, said it after the game, guaranteed. too. Yep. Mm -hmm. Now, there's that play. And then the other Which, thing by that, the way, if he did kick that ball straight, it might have been blocked. The way Hulling yeah. Tunnel jumped over yeah. the line. Anyway. Yeah, he was, there, there are some people that were wondering if that actually changed the trajectory of the kick. Speaking of which, um, which, which no, because if you look at the tape, Gano's staring straight down. Yeah, he's yeah, not he's looking, not at, looking at it, but you know, who knows? Maybe, and by the maybe way, in your peripheral. Did you, when I rewatched it, did you notice Leonard Williams got a piece of Zerline's game-winning kick? Um, I did not see that. Yes. So he tipped it. He tipped it. Mm. It was going straight up, and Leonard Williams absolutely got it. Yeah. And, and we will talk about the it's that, a game that, that reported trade really too. Is. And that yeah. just snuck in. Anyway, yeah. didn't mean to interrupt you. I'm sorry. The the other thing that I think because he had such a good game mm. and came on Thibodeau, yep. being offsides on that play at the end of regulation that stopped was it. the clock. Yeah. And look, they get that big pass play down the middle of the field, and if Thibodeau's not offsides there, that clock is rolling. They never have enough time to run into the play and get up and spike it. That clock is going to be double zeros by the time Zach tries to spike it. And it's because of that offsides penalty that they stop the clock yeah. on a defensive penalty with inside of two minutes. And that right there was a huge factor in them having enough time to run one more play and spike the clock. Yeah, because they sp the, spike the, the ball. You're ready for a change. Payday comes early with citizens. So go to that retreat. New you moves to the country. Now you're raising goats and launching a lifestyle brand. Are you ready for all that life brings? The clock stopped with 17 seconds because of the offsides. Right. Minimum eight seconds to get, a, get up there and spike it on a 29-yard yeah. game, maybe 10. Yeah. So you're looking at eight or nine seconds on the clock. Well, we know from our Buffalo game that you need at least... 15 seconds because we had 14 seconds against Buffalo and we couldn't run a play. Yeah, you would it. have to get it out of bounds. Like yeah. there's no way you can yeah. make a play in the field of play there. And they were at the 46. So that would have been a 64 yarder for Zerline. And look, we know he's got a leg, but in that condition yeah. with, with the field and the weather, yeah, that that's not going in there. And then by the way, yeah. you also don't have to give up a 29 yard pass to Alan Lazard in the middle of the field either. No, and, and then in overtime, you don't need to get beat off the line of scrimmage by Malik Taylor and right. commit a defensive pass interference penalty, 30 yards down the field yeah. either. But Dory Jackson actually talked about it in the post game mm -hmm. about how they were playing outside man. And, it, and that's the right call because you don't yep. want to mm -hmm. give up the sideline and have them stop the clock. So if they want to throw the ball down the middle of the field, fine. The clock's going to run out. But that Kit Thibodeau being offside changed that because what you're playing defensively is there's not enough time. If we tackle them in the middle of the field, yeah. 
they're never going to have enough time to run another play Correct. and get in field goal range. So, and by the uh, way, it was the, the right call, and it just you know it didn't work out because of the penalty. On the last play of regulation, if you look at the all twenty-two, Lazard has a nice little. Yeah. To a Dory Jackson to open himself up in the middle of the field. Too look. Yeah. That, that's vet, not going to get move. called in that spot. No. It's a vet move, and I'm not saying it should have been called. It, it, you know, that, that that's the NFL. And, you know, do you think the Giants could have maybe piled on top of Lazard a little bit after he got knocked down for yeah. a second? Yeah. I'm not sure if it would have helped. Make him pull you off him. Maybe. All they needed was yeah. one more second to go off the clock, right? So, and then, by the way, I'll go back even further. How about when the Giants look like they got the final stop of the game to, to clinch it? Yeah. They had the Jets go four and out. Yeah. On that first down run, Saquon Barkley's got all type of space, and yeah. Brian Dable talked about it on his media call on, on Monday. He goes down. Yeah. And he lost his footing, and it looked like he could have ran for a first down, and then the Giants run out the clock, and the Jets never get the ball back to begin with. Yeah, that first down definitely looked like he left some yards on that. And even the third down run, you know, and he even said himself, like, yeah. I feel like I could have – fought harder to get that first down because you go when you go in form an offense in that mode with that time situation you know one first down wins the game now when yeah. you're taking a knee um that was certainly when Thibodeau got that sack on fourth down there was a mass exodus Jets fans just started leaving MetLife because they were like all right that's it we're done like they got the ball back mm -hmm. you know they're gonna they're gonna get a first down and, and kneel and the game was over um and the fact that offensively, they put the defense back out there. That's one of the reasons why you practice four-minute <laughs> offense. You work so hard at it because the mindset is when we go out there in that situation, we're not going to put our defense back out on the field because crazy things happen, and that's exactly what ended up coming to fruition. Giants Little Podcast is brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the New York Giants. From game day to every day, Citizens is made ready for Giant fans with insights, guidance, solutions. Learn more at citizensbank.com. Real quick, would you have thought about deferring in overtime? on the kickoff, given how good the defense had been? Yeah, I mean, I think that that definitely, given how well the defense had played and just like the weather conditions, hey, you never know, like a fumbled snap. I mean, that, he had fumbled a snap earlier in the game. Um, you know, they were on their backup center, and that was an issue. Like third so, center. Third yeah, center. third center. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that that's something that, yeah, you, especially at home, like, hey, we've got the crowd, you know, well, some of it at least. Um, but Jets had to move the ball, really. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that – yeah, that, that may be one, the one thing that he maybe wanted to do over again. but And and, and he said he went back and forth on that, and he yeah. saw both sides. So, yeah. and again, and, and I had no problem with, with Gano kicking the 35-yarder, by the yeah. way. I, I did not have an issue with that like other yeah, people did. How about the offensive approach? Final one on the game. Um, and a lot of fans have been like, oh, you got to throw the ball more. You got to do this. You got to do that. And I think fans are overlooking two parts of this. It's not just the fact that Tommy DeVito had to come in for Tyrod Taylor. It's Tommy DeVito in those conditions against a pass rush and a secondary that, by the way, for almost an entire half of football had held Tyrod Taylor to under 20 yards passing. Yeah. So I yeah. think Brian Dable and the offensive staff at that point had already seen what a tough go it was going to be. They gave him, DeVito, a chance to throw the football at the end of the second quarter in yeah. a two-minute situation. Yeah, when I thought there was going to be a draw. Like, hey, you know, DeVito's in. They get the ball back. You think, all right, they're just going to run a draw. And no, they threw it. And it did they, not go well. Yeah. <laughs> he mean, held the ball he once. The he ball got sacked. Times. And then they tried to throw it in overtime, and it was just, you know, yeah. a couple of checkdowns. Uh, I believe his average depth of target was actually behind the line of scrimmage when yeah. he went through the course of the entire game. So I just think I think fans are overlooking the conditions factor and also the Jets' pass defense factor, which is one of the top units in the league, pass rush, secondary yeah. combined. And I just think they thought if we don't turn the ball over and give the Jets a short field, 
they were not going to be able to score on us. Yeah. And by the way, until the last 30 seconds of the game, yeah, they were had, pretty much right. It hadn't happened. Yeah. And, you know, getting, being in, what, first and 20, second and 20 to start the overtime, mm-hmm. like that's not a good recipe. But the other factor is Darren Waller was out of the game. So that's a good one who did too. you want Devito to throw it to? Like who's getting open? Who is the go-to guy? Who's your 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 passing option that, hey, we know this guy's going to get open in man coverage or, you know, going to find a way. I think to your point, it's we don't want to ask Tommy DeVito on second and 20 to drop back and think he's got to hold on to the ball, and now we get a sack force fumble. That definitely loses the game because if you had called that play, then everybody's saying, why in the heck are you throwing the ball on second and 20? You should, you know, you should just be running the ball and then punt and then play defense, which you've done a great job of all game long. Um, I think, you know, for Tommy DeVito, the other thing too is who knows how many snaps he got during the week. You know, you're still trying to get Tyrod Taylor comfortable with all of the offense and give him some more rhythm and snaps. You know, there are probably there might have been plays that Tommy DeVito was limited with, or maybe he hadn't really run. So you're very limited with that. I already mentioned Darren Waller is out of the game. And with the game on the line, you want the ball in your best player. Saquon Barkley is their best player. So they tried to get the ball in his hands with a couple of quick screens and quick plays, but um, you know, look, it was tough sliding out there. And again, it was pouring rain. So there was a lot of variables into all that. And ultimately it just, you know, it ended up backfiring. Everything that they did yeah. went wrong. And Saquon had a real nice game. I thought getting some dirty yards too, only get his he head up yeah. in there and, and kind of get very some consistent. of those I'm with you. All right. Uh, let's talk about the trade, the Giants yesterday. And this is official now. Uh, Giants trade a Leonard Williams to the Seahawks in exchange for 2024 second round pick and a 2025 fifth round pick. Ironically, uh, actually a better return than what they had to send to the Jets, which was a three in the five when they originally acquired right. Leonard Williams. Gosh, what was that? 2020, yeah. I guess that was, right? Um, I mean, I, I didn't think they'd get that type of return. I think a lot of the finances were a part of why they got that type of return. Right. Leonard Williams, still a really good player. But, you know, obviously now with the record where it is, Sean, you're looking ahead a little bit. I mean, if you're Seattle, you look at it, all right, what did you give up to give them? So that, um, that, I'm sure that was the starting point. Yeah. And then to your point, it's how did the Giants get them to move from a third rounder to a second rounder? Well, they paid for it. And I think that that's really what it came down to. And was, picks are more valuable than cap space, by the way. Absolutely, mm-hmm. because it's cost certainty. And you get a second round pick, I know exactly what that player is going to cost me over the next four to five years because of that rookie contract. So that's a big part of it. Um, you know, I think for Leonard Williams, like he had become such a big part of this defense. That is a huge void. Like you can plug in another defensive tackle and say, hey, he's going to play Leonard's position. But it's not just the production that Leonard Williams brought to this defense. He was so consistent. He was always on the field. Like this, he didn't come off the field. He didn't rotate. He was never, when did you ever see Leonard Williams tapping his helmet? Play DND tackle, saying, play both, out. yeah. He can play, I mean, he basically didn't play nose because Dexter Lawrence was in there, but he could play three technique on yep. the guard, five technique outside. You can move him around. So he was very versatile. Um, but I think for the Giants, knowing going forward, there was a chance he could have been a cap casualty in the offseason. Sure. Maybe in, in this case, you got great value with a second round pick this year and a fifth round pick in the following year. Yeah. Great value, and you're going to get salary cap relief moving forward, uh, which I know is a big part of, again, trying to build the roster. So uh, I think I think it's one of those r- rare trades where it really is a win-win because Seattle's in the hunt. Like, they're looking well, for... Seattle's good. Like, they're, they're, you know, I think they're like, you know, one game behind the Niners. They're ahead of them now. They're, oh, they're, they're ahead they're by half place. game yeah. because the Niners have lost three yeah, straight. Yeah, lost. it's five and two so, and five and three. Th- you know, for Leonard Williams, this is a chance. You know, last year was his very first playoff game 
eighth year in the league, never been in the playoffs, got to do it last year. For Leonard, he gets to go to a, a team that's in first place in the division and a shot at the playoffs. Um, as much as it's tough personally to all of a sudden realize, okay, yeah. I've got to switch teams now, and it's literally within 24 hours, so I've got to, I've got to get you know my stuff together. I got to fly out. He's probably flying out to Seattle, to, you know, on Tuesday today. Um, you know, meet the team. He knows Jamal Adams from his time with the Jazz. Julian, Julian Love, Julian too. Love. Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so there's some familiarity there. But, um, yeah, I mean, he's going to a good team. And, and I think sometimes a player like that, for Leonard Williams, this this might kind of rejuvenate him. No, I agree. You know what? This is going to give me some more fire. And, yeah. um, you know, the check, the, the, the extra roster bonus doesn't hurt either. You love turf. You're good at it. So you start a turf biz. Business grows. Your savings grow. Become the most celebrated name in turf. Are you ready for all that life brings? I think it makes sense for both sides. I yeah. agree. Giants fans love a winner. It's why they love Citizens. Named a 2022 Best Bank in the U.S. by The Banker. As the official bank of the Giants and sponsor of The Huddle, Citizens is made ready for fans of Big Blue. Learn more at citizensbank.com. All right, looking ahead now, Sean. Daniel Jones has been cleared, uh, which is fortunate. Uh, it's good that Tyra Taylor, by the way, who got hurt in that game, is out of the hospital. So we'll see what his status is moving forward. We don't know how quickly he's going to be able to get back. But Daniel Jones is, is, is back. All indications are he's going to be able to start against the Raiders coming up next week. It's good gonna it's gonna be good to have the quarterback back behind center. The, the Raiders honestly did not look great on Monday night watching that game. Uh they got some takeaways. They still couldn't turn it into points and come away with a win against the Lions. Uh, your thoughts on on DJ heading back into the, the lineup and, and what that might look like against the Raiders on Sunday? Well, I think it's going to be a huge shot in the arm for the Giants' offense for a number of reasons. Um, you know, and, and I think you know there was a lot of debate. Hey, maybe Tyrod should be the starter and over DJ. And it's no, Daniel Jones is the starter, and he brings different things to the table. His impact in the run game because he is a weapon when it comes to running the football. Now you, you don't know how the Giants are going to handle that going forward. Do they want to not subject him to extra contact by make, by calling quarterback design runs? But the allure is there, and the ability for him to be a runner is there. Tyrod Taylor, Ty Taylor can scramble. He can run, but he's not a true running threat. Um, he had a couple of nice big plays on some quarterback draws, but I think that impact in the run game will help Saquon out because now if Daniel Jones is carrying out the running fake, that blocks and holds the backside defender. We saw Max Crosby on Monday night crash down and make a tackle for a loss on the backside because he was yep. unblocked. On There's Gibbs, no yep. threat, you know, for Jared Goff uh, to Jimmy Garoppolo. Uh, uh, sorry, sorry, Jimmy Garoppolo. Oh no, no, you're no, right, Goff. Goff. I'm sorry, you're right, Goff. My there, bad. There's no threat sorry. for Goff to to run, and so there was nothing for Max Crosby to respect and to, to stay on that. that. That changes with Daniel Jones. So there's that factor. Um, Max Crosby's a maniac, by the way. He is. He's <laughs> Mad Max for a reason. Um, that guy plays full tilt. So. Offensively, they're going to have to have some game plans for that. You know, you want a, a guy like that, you run, toss, crack right out of the gate. First play of the game, I would bring the receiver in motion, tight end in motion, crack him, get him thinking, all right, I got to see the whole field. They're coming after me. Attack him. Um, attack him with a trap. Kick him, crack him from the outside. The next play, I would trap him from the inside and then hit him with a screen. So there's ways to kind of neutralize him out of the gate. But ultimately, you're going to have to block him. Uh, so... You know, who knows, maybe Andrew Thomas can find a way back. Um, I'm sure Darren Waller would love to play against his former team as well. He knows a lot of those guys. Um, so, obviously, getting healthy at those positions would help. But I think when you look at the Giants right now, going on the road, there's two things that you have to be have to be portable, your run game and your defense. 
I have zero concerns about this defense. I think that they're going to bottle up Josh Jacobs. Jimmy Garoppolo has struggled at times. Devontae Adams is wide open, and he can't seem to find him. A couple times on um, Monday night. They've got a, a, t- they've got a, a turnover in 15 straight games. It's the longest streak in the NFL. So they've been very charitable with the football. Um, I think for the Giants, like, you can't beat yourself like in this situation. Like You go on the road. This is a game that they should be able to win. Um, you got to take care of the football, and you got to let the other team implode, which the Raiders have done a lot of. I'm with you. Good stuff, Shawnee. All right, Johnny. Giants Auto Podcast brought to you by Citizens, the official bank of the Giants. Enjoy your Halloween, everybody. Enjoy your candy. Don't get too huffed up on sugar. I'm talking to you, Clara Schmelk. I don't want to deal with you tonight. I'm sure Sean's would say with his kids oh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> but we it go. should be fun. Everybody stay safe out there. Have some fun. And we'll talk to you next time on the Giants Auto Podcast.